Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Hey, Mike Lynch here. Hey, and I'm Patrick Harris. You probably like baseball, which is why you're listening to this. This is the uh, Hot Corner Podcast. Well, I kind of like baseball. I guess I'll tune in. Baseball's pretty neat, so thanks for listening. This is brought to you by your local Les Schwab Tire Center. Doing the right thing since 1952. Woo, baseball! This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch. Gregman would like to get him to scamper home. Two on, two out. Tenth inning. That's in the air to left. Here comes Fisher. Throw by Ethier. Astros win it. A deep dive on baseball. Wade Boggs is a Hall of Fame third baseman. The man's a legend. And much more. He drank 50 beers on a cross-country flight and then absolutely destroyed the Seattle Mariners the next day, okay? <laughs> the number of beers is actually highly disputed. Some say 50. Some said as many as 70 beers. Which is an absolutely insane amount of beer. Nobody can drink that much. Not with an attitude like that. Now, here are your hosts for the Hot Corner, Patrick Harris. The seven-foot kid that strokes it with the acne on his back. Then Mike Lynch. Excuse me, he looks really hot. On 1080 The Fan. Hey, bada, 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 so we bada. Hey, hit records on my demo. Did y'all boys not get the memo? I do not stay at the Intercontinental. And anything I got is not a rental. I own it, mom. Welcome into the Hot Corner World Series Edition. What is this, number four for us, Mike? I hit the wrong button, too, out of habit. Oh, yeah, make fun of Sook and do it yourself. I have been making fun of Sook constantly for hitting the wrong button. All right. And I hit the wrong button. Well, he still calls him Jared Golf, so you got that ahead of him. He also says Scoff instead of Scoff. Man, it's like both instead of both. Yeah. The O-L-F. He can't do the O-F-F. He does O-L-F-F. Is that a Northwest drawl? It might be. A West Coast drawl? But you're from here. You don't say golf and scoff, right? I used to. Until, you, I, until I had a former partner, like, beat me over the head every time I said it. Now I don't. You would say, I'm going to scoff at that. No, I, w- I would say scoff. Okay. And I would say Jared Goff because that's how it's spelled. Correct. But both, I think I said both for a while. But Souk cannot say golf without saying golf. That's the truth. We have we have tested him on this many times. I've heard it. And we even have a drop where we have him saying the word golf and the word goff, and he goes, golf, golf. Well, what what it, it's always it's always golf. And then now say Jared Goff. And he goes, Jared Golf. So it's like he just gets quicker. Yeah. And it's like, nah, there's still another. Stop. Uh, so, Mike, what is it? What is this? Our fourth World Series right now? Is it already four? I think our first one was Kansas City, New York. Whoa! So that would or was be... our first one Kansas City, San, San Francisco. Francisco. It was probably that one. You think so? Yeah. So then we've been doing this for five years or four. It might have been the second one because I was on primetime on the first hunt for the host. You won the second hunt for the host. Dang right. Wait, so, I can say it. Damn right. Yeah, you can. Yeah, shout out. 
Although all dang, you losers out there, Dang sounds pretty cool too. I'm just I'm just joking. From what you I guys remember, aren't losers. You guys were all really nice people. I'm sorry. Is I joined this show just a few months after it began. Yes. And that was in 2015, which would have made the 2015 World Series. Whether that was that's Royals, that's case that's Casey New York. Yes. Yeah, that would have made that the first World Series. That's Isaac versus Souk. This is World Series number four. Number right. four. Yes. Number four. And since then, this is probably my least favorite World Series matchup. Easily. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. I'm Easily. Not a, not a fan of either team. However, unbiased, I think it's a great World Series matchup, but I hate both teams. I so. said this drunk to my buddy the other night. I was like, I'm not even going to watch this. And he was like, really, dude? I was like, all right, you're right. I'm going <laughs> to watch it. <laughs> uh, hell, I'm even watching it. And I oh. lost to the stupid team, and I hate them desperately. And I know they're going to win in like five games, and I'm still watching it. Well, if you heard the show last week, you heard, you know, my rant on Manny Machado and how, like, how the greats have fallen so quickly. And they're great. Uh, <laughs> he's excellent. Yeah, but let's not say he's a great. In six years, the, the sample size is pretty good. He's going to make $400 million next year. I know, but that doesn't mean he's a great Let's just slow your roll on that. Let's, Mr. 270 is barely good. <laughs> 270 is barely good. Uh, look at Jock Peterson, 241. Yeah, that kind of sucks. That yes. really sucks. Well, he sucks. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but uh, I find myself rooting for the team that has the one player I dislike the most. Actually, maybe that's not true. Ah, let's play this game real quick. Before I get too sidetracked, and let's stick it with baseball because, you know, Champions League was today. Just saying. I forgot this um, week existed. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't watch either day. I feel bad about it. Um, which player on both teams do you dislike the most? Steve Pierce. Who is Steve Pierce? He is a former, no, that's the Oregon Ducks, Joe, a former Baltimore Oriole. <laughs> he held up the Oregon O. I thought he was just I thought he was just bragging about how many national championships they won. Up an o. Or was that the first half score yeah. of the Wazoo game? I'm not sure. Well, they look the same. Well, it's the same amount of national championships as Wazoo has won. So. Oh, I know. We just don't brag about it. <laughs> I don't know if Oregon's ever bragged about that either. They do it every day. There's a giant zero in the center of their field. Joe, don't, Joe, don't be so defeated. We're just playing. I'm not. There was because... also a big zero on the scoreboard at halftime, too. Well, God, damn, when was the last Rose Bowl that you guys went to? 2002, baby. Don't you Holy forget it. God. <laughs> a decade and a half? Yeah, that's, also a, gonna that's be, a pretty good comeback. That's going to be Jan 1 of... Not if you guys make the college football playoff. Hey, go Cougs! And last time you beat Washington also. Just need to make sure. Hey, hey, I think Alex Brink was the quarterback. <laughs> well, He's our golden child. At least hey. it wasn't guesser. hey -o. Joe, there you go. That's a... Uh, that is our last Rose Bowl quarterback. <laughs> that's a good one to uh, to keep in the hip Man. pocket. If they lose again in the Apple Cup, just keep needling him about yeah. the Apple Cup. Okay, who took this to Wazoo? This is ridiculous, all right, guys? We're talking about baseball here. <laughs> well, uh, okay. I held up the O for Orioles. Okay, so okay. I, I O's, hate the O's. Steve Pierce the most on the Red Sox. I don't even know who he is. The former Orioles. Somehow he's batting third on a team with JBJ, what? Xander Bogarts, yeah. J.D. Martinez, Mookie Betts, and I'll just continue. It's funny because I also hate Chris Sale a lot and Craig Kimbrell. But I do not like Chris Sale. Pierce turned into a Yankee killer this year, so he earns my number one spot uh, on the Dodgers. I don't particularly hate anybody on the Dodgers. I guess probably Jock Peterson. Mm -hmm. I really don't like Jock Peterson, mm -hmm. but I'm pretty neutral on them. I, I know Manny Machado's got the bad rap here and it's like, I get it, but I don't hate him for it. I don't hate any of their starting pitchers. 
I like Yasiel Puig now. Oh, I've always liked Puig. I didn't for He's a little exciting bit. exciting and confident. <laughs> yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> uh, so I would say Jock Peterson and Steve Pierce, which is not a very exciting answer because neither are impactful players in the series. So I'll start with the Dodgers just to uh, show you which way I'm leaning. Jesse RP1, who's a Red Sox fan, put David Price and Manny Machado. Oh, we'll get to them. Don't worry about them. <laughs> uh, on the Dodgers, yeah, I don't care for Manny Machado for his recent antics, and I suppose if I was an American League East kid, I would probably have seen that coming for a while. Uh, but I don't care for Manny Machado in the postseason this year that much. Uh, I really hate the fact that Cody Bellinger and Chris Taylor all they and Max Muncy, all they do is just swing like they're Vladimir Guerrero trying to hit bombs. Like, that really frustrates me. Uh, and I don't particularly care for the Kenley Jansen just because I don't know if he's that great. He just might be on a good team. Hmm. Um, I have another one, too. Uh, the starting rotation I got no problem with. Who's not rooting for old man Rich Hill? Kershaw's once in a lifetime. Uh, Ryu, I mean, like, why do I care about Ryu? Uh, but switch, I hate Dave Roberts. Not as much as I hate Aaron Boone, but I hate Dave Roberts. And you do hate Aaron Boone. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I, di I despise Dave Roberts as a manager. However, you switch over to the Red Sox. Chris Sale can jump off a cliff. Uh, J.D. Martinez can hold his jock while they're falling off a cliff. And there's nobody in this postseason I despise more than David Price. I'm going to add Nathan Eovaldi onto this list. Oh, fair enough, because he was hot garbage for you, and he's unhittable now. And it continued to destroy us this season as a retribution for us letting him go in the trade to, I believe, the Marlins. Well, because he's not good. But he is, apparently. No, I think it's he's just... He's been an ace out of the bullpen for them this series so far. Yeah. He came in tonight again. Yeah. Boy, I despise J.D. Martinez. Ooh, Cody Bellinger playing some center field pretty well. Good I, job there, Codes. I don't like that guy either. Really? No. All right. I don't like people that just swing for the fences. That's everybody in Major League Baseball right now. And that's why I hate everyone. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. So uh, who are you rooting for, Mike, in this World Series? <laughs> As it started coming out of my mouth, I was like, this is a dumb question. Oh, uh, well, let me see, Patrick. It's a tough decision between. Well, yeah, think think about your options. It's a really really tough decision between the team that I grew up hating the most, who has reminded me how much I just absolutely despise them and their fans this uh, this postseason, and uh, a team that I have never cared about one way or the other in the LA Dodgers. So I'm going to go ahead and say I'm going to root for the Dodgers. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, I really dislike basically their whole lineup for LA, and I will take LA without a doubt. I will root for them 100%. Now, who I think is going to win, I got no clue. We can talk about that as we'll get into that. Oh, no, I know who's going to win the series. Um, <laughs> They're about to go up 2-0. But the Dodgers represent everything I despise in baseball, except for the one caveat, is their fans are Californians. And Californians are like, meh. Ah, oh, LeBron. I'm going to go watch LeBron instead of watch the Dodgers in the World Series. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, you're idiots. You're from California. The Red Sox nation, though, those people are insufferable. They're worse than Seattle Seahawks fans. Yeah, they're pretty bad. They're pretty bad. Yeah. They act like uh, they've won a 1,000 World Series. And remember, there was, you know, that, like, 100-year gap? Yep. Yep, 1918. Yeah, full of a lot we of— We used to chant it at every Red Sox game for the Yankees. 1918. That's pretty great. We can't chant that anymore now, like though. That. Yeah. 
they've got a couple since that's going to be soon. It's going to be 2008. <laughs> 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 Oakley, well, we have a World Series powered show for you oh, guys and I today. Hate Craig Kimbrell in a stupid <laughs> arm dangle. Apparently, he doesn't realize he's doing it, Mike, so lay off. <laughs> it's a nervous tick, okay? I heard a, that. A I heard nervous he does, tick to I, leave his arm dangling? I heard he does. A nervous tick means you're literally twitching. I heard he doesn't realize he does it. And it's like you don't watch tape of yourself, and you don't go, "Why is my arm hanging there?" You don't feel your arm hanging awkwardly out to the side. It's like it's like I'm I'm hanging a right on a bicycle. <laughs> is that what he's doing? He's tipping his pitches. He's hanging, I'm throwing to the right side, he's guys. He's hanging a right on a bicycle, but down. <laughs> so he's he's in the air. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Keanu Reeves. Whoa. That was a high thought right there. <laughs> Ugly Dougly. Well, we're, we're full on World Series as we go to the top of the ninth in game two of the World Series. Red Sox lead 4-2, but uh, some heavy hitters coming up for the Dodgers. We'll keep you updated on that. Lots to get to today. We have fair or foul at uh, 930 as we do every single week. We got story time with Uncle Patrick at uh, 845. We'll get to that as well. You can also find us on Twitter, Mike's at MikeLitch27, our fantastic producer, Mr. Joe Fisher at JoeFish, F-I-S-C-H. You can find me on Instagram at PDiddy085. Harass us. We love it. You can also text in the Better You Today text line 55305. That bad boy lets you interact with us throughout the entire show, throughout the entire World Series, for that matter, uh, and, and get on that because uh, if it's something cool, if it's something worthwhile, we'll read it on there. When we come back, should we revisit the end of the uh, LCSs real quick? Yeah, that's they, were both, nice. they were both in action when we last. They were in action yeah. when we last, and they ended real quickly. I mean, yeah, game we one should was recap yesterday. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go back to the. Uh, let's start. Uh, let's start with the American League Championship Series as uh, the Red Sox beat the Astros. We'll do that first, but this is the hot corner on ten eighty. The fan. This is the hot corner with Harrison Lynch on ten eighty. The fan. Eight nineteen here on the hot corner. Let that out before the segment starts. Ooh la la la. Uh, Craig Kimbrell on the mound for the Boston Red Sox as they lead four two one out top of the ninth. And it's funny that we're going to recap real quickly the American League Championship Series and Craig Kimbrell's on the mound because boy he, did was he great in that series. He was apparently tipping pitches. <laughs> There he is with a stupid there he arm. Is with a stupid arm. That's not even like how you throw. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's like if a pitcher was looking at a catcher for some signs and he held his arm out like at the the high point of his release of his of his like movement. That I might understand. If you're like Andy Pettit with the glove over your mouth and you're just kind of like, okay, what's the sign? Don't let anybody see me. But my arm's way up here at the top. <laughs> And I'm going to move the ball in it and change my grip so you can see it. Yeah, like, I'll do that. I'll do that. Like, that would make more sense than just, like, my arm is in a cast. Like, it what is, does look like that. It yeah. was just like a, like a rookie <laughs> of the year. Was, it, was that the movie? Rookie of the year? Yes. The kid, like, broke his arm, and all of a sudden his arm just cocked back and threw 200 miles an hour. Can I also ask the question, why is Chris Taylor hitting fifth in this lineup? Because they want a home run if one of their home run hitters ahead get lucky and bloop a single. Mm, okay. Understood. Because uh, Justin Turner's fourth, so there's a good chance he's on base. I don't know. Dave Roberts is terrible. What do you want from me? <laughs> and Matt Kemp is sixth. Put him fifth, you idiot. They all suck, dude. Matt Kemp's been good this year. For the first half. 
Yeah. We're off topic. We're off topic. I'm pulling it down today. I'm pulling it back in. Um. So the Boston Red Sox. Go to, you want to go that route? <laughs> I mean, that'll pull me out real quickly. Just wanted to harken back to last week's show. Bet you I can throw this football over them mountains over there. I'm sure Gardner Minshew could. Everybody has mustaches. So do I. <laughs> go Cougs. Uh So in, in a surprise, and I think we talked about this, in a surprise, the Astros lose to the Red Sox in four to one, four games to one. The Red Sox dismantled them, shut them out. The, every time the Astros looked like they were making a comeback, the Red Sox had an answer. And if you would have told me the end of the American League Championship Series was four games to one, I'd have been like, wow, the Astros are going to destroy whoever's in the World Series. I would have thought the exact same thing because if you remember from the playoffs last year, the Astros dismantled the Red Sox. Yeah. It was not close. And this team isn't that much different than the team the they Red played Sox last team? year. No. Um, I would say Ben and Tiendi's got a little more under his belt. They have J.D. Martinez. They have J.D., yes, that's a good point. But he wasn't he wasn't George Springering the Astros. Well, no, but I mean, if you've watched the Red Sox this postseason, every time JD comes up, it seems like he does something. Yeah, it's a sack fly, or it's a good it's a good out, or it's a home run, or it's a double, and it just he is the guy for them this year. I think that's why it was so easy for them to dispatch the Astros. But what I was shocked about in that series was the Astros pitching just crumbled. Where's Garrett Cole? Paging Garrett Cole. Charlie Morton, where did he go? Uh, Garrett Cole, you made the Indians, who I will say did not play well, you made the Indians look like fools. Mm -hmm. Where are you? The fact that David Price outpitches Justin Verlander? Yep. No, I would have never, I would have never bet anything. I could, I wouldn't have bet a penny on that. Well, I mean, and and just remind, just remind yourself of the scores of the series, right? So game one, Astros win 7-2, Verlander pitches great. Mm-hmm. 7-5 Red Sox, 8-2 Red Sox, 8-6 Red Sox, 4-1 Red Sox. They just scored runs mm-hmm. on the pitching staff we believed was the best in baseball. Yep, with a better bullpen that we thought. Into the bullpen that we thought was going to be better. It wasn't. And it, I guess it shouldn't be shocking because the Red Sox won freaking 108 games this year, and we seem to discount that because we still thought that their bullpen and pitching wasn't good enough. We are being reminded by being punched in the face over and over again that they are good enough and that they're hitting if they're not good enough is going to be good enough to outlast the bad pitching. I guess I guess what when you when you mention I don't I don't know if I buy the 108 win thing. And he, and here's why. I I understand they won 108 games. Yes, yes, that's why they're good. But I don't buy that as a reason why they should beat Houston cuz Houston still won 100 games, so they're 8 games less than the Red Sox with Carlos Correa missing almost 3 months. Altuve missing a month, Springer missing a month. I laughed and joked about Bregman being a little cocky and arrogant saying this, but he might have been dead on. He said, you know, we only won 100 games, and had any of those dudes been healthy all year, we could have won 120, 125 games. And I I would argue that I think because I would say Carlos Correa especially, and Altuve hurt a little bit, Messed with them. Well, Tuve's injury in this series was mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. He was not playing full strength. Correa did not play well. Springer played great. He's a well, playoff masterpiece. Yeah. He, Cor- just, he always hits in the playoffs. Is George Springer the next Carlos Beltran? He might be. Oof. Both Astros, too. Oof. Uh, or Astros when they started, at least. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say this later, too, when we talk about this World Series, but here is one thing about the Red Sox that I've known all year and is continuing to be true throughout the playoffs. If you score 
they will score. Yep. If you take the lead, they will tie the game again. Wasn't that true? If you have a good inning, but you don't score a run the next half inning, they're scoring a run to take the lead. What it was, is it? They are relentless. What was the game we watched? Was it game three or game four when the Red Sox went up early and then Houston tied it and then went ahead yeah. and then the Red Sox tied it, went ahead and then Houston tied it again, went ahead, blah, blah, something like that. It was game four, which was eight to six. Boston was up two nothing. Houston scored to make it two one. Boston scored to make it three two. Houston scored to make it three three, then four three. Then Boston scored to make it 4-4. Houston scored. It was back and forth. That was such a good game. And I was like, here's the Astros. Here you go. Don't let these guys in because they will get you. But you're right. You totally nailed it. They are relentless. There is something about it. And and it's guys like Pierce. Ian Kinsler. Ian. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Why did you got to bring up Ian Kinsler? He did tonight. I totally forgot. I thought that nobody loser was out of the league. No, he got traded to the Red Sox. And yeah. he's been getting some big hits. Good. Good gravy! I hate that man. Ugh. And now, and now, I gotta watch a post game with A Rod Ortiz and Frank the Tank. Who'd have thought the White Sox up there is the one guy I like the most? I've I've enjoyed Ortiz's super fandom this post game though. Gross. A Rod's not even a super fan. Well, I know, but A Rod's also A Rod. That's true. He likes A Rod. Part of me enjoys the homerism from ortiz like his reaction that they that they tweeted out after uh bradley hit the grand slam and he was just freaking out it's like that's awesome (laughs) yeah i guess i guess the moral of the story is coming out of the uh astros series and as the red sox just defeated the dodgers 4-2 to win game two and go up 2-0 i think the reality is is as much as I have my own personal bias, maybe my personal bias got in the way, and maybe this Red Sox team is real, just really damn good. Uh, I, I would say the same thing. However, I also think my personal bias was slightly changed by the fact the Yankees played them well in the regular season. Mm-hmm. I think it was 10-9 Red Sox at the end of the season series, so it wasn't like they were that much better than New York in the games they played. And then the series started, and I was like, oh, they could beat them. Mm-hmm. Yankees could beat them. Totally. It's tied 1-1. You feel good. End of the series, you're like, oh, that's right. 108 wins. There's a reason why they're this good. However, I will say this, you know, as we'll switch over to the National League here in a minute. Um, the issues that we had with the Red Sox, the reason why we didn't think they'd get to the World Series, I think are still valid points. I still don't like their starting rotation. I still don't like their bullpen. Even though Kimbrell went into the ninth inning and went one, two, three. And he sure, pitched well yesterday, too. Sure, good for you. But, I mean, like, we haven't seen that consistently. Chris they Sale, said he was tipping his pitches. Fair. Chris Sale hasn't looked good in this series. He didn't look good in game one. I mean, Kershaw didn't either. And, we'll again, we'll get to the World Series at the top of the hour. But outside of Price coming out of nowhere, I still, I mean, who are you going to throw tomorrow? Rick Porcello? Oh, okay, cool. Or uh, I guess in two days, Rick Porcello? Cool, sign me up. You can throw Joe Fisher the fourth, and I feel better about him on the mound than I do Rick Porcello. Rick Porcello pitched great in his last two starts. I understand, but I, I think what I'm just saying is, is this might be why, to add to your point, the relentless hitting is maybe even better than we realized. Well, that's what I was saying Because we looked at that offense and we're like, wow, that offense is potent, but it's playoffs. Pitching always wins, blah, 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 blah. And this year that might not be true. Well, granted, Evaldi's pitching great. Price is pitching great. So it's not like they're getting bad pitching all across the board. 
But that was to my earlier point with saying that even when they're pitching bad, they hit well enough to make up for it. Mm-hmm. And it is – they have the clutch Last team. night was the great point. Eduardo yeah. Nunez, yeah. They have the clutch gene. It's just that simple. Oh, gross. And every time they need a hit, two out RBIs, they get them. Every time. Yeah. Without fail. It's just who the Red Sox are right now. Yep, that's the truth. And the Red Sox are up 2-0 right now in the World Series just to prove that point, and they've done it through hitting. When we come back, uh, we'll swing over to the National League, which was a very great series and went to Game 7, Brewers-Dodgers. I felt like I could have watched one of those games for the rest of my life. We'll do that next. But first, here's my man with Joe with sports. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Welcome back into the Hot Corner as I just serve Joe Fisher, our fantastic producer. Thank you, sir. I guess all us tattoo people look alike. Feeling real confident after that Cougs win. Uh, I mean, hey. Confident and exciting. Yeah. Not cocky and arrogant. No, I hate cocky and arrogant. Right. Right. Well, you know, I mean, you know, there's two. I'm just going to say this real quick, and we'll get to it later because I do want to talk about Dodgers Brewers. There is no doubt in my mind that Justin Herbert is probably the most NFL-ready quarterback. Yes. In the Pac-12 for sure in and in the nation. Yep. Okay? However, there might not be a better quarterback in college football right now than Than Gardner Minshew. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Than Gardner Minshew. No. Justin Herbert has four stars and five stars everywhere. We're lucky to have three stars. Our quarterback almost retired. Okay. Yeah, because he's not that good, obviously. Well, he's on the Maxwell list, and he's a two-time Maxwell player of the week. And (laughs) we're going to the Rose Bowl, and you guys are going to go to the Las Vegas Bowl. So you let me know. How that works out. Hey, we'll see how it turns out. I mean, I'm pretty sure that was the exact same conversation at this point last year, and then we saw how that all turned out. Yeah, this team's different. Oh, just like last year. This team's quite different. Plus, Stanford kind of sucks, and so does you. Syracuse is 5-2. and Go go Cougs. Go Cougs, baby. All right, uh, the National League Championship Series. Well, actually, and, you know, the vitriol I'm I'm not very happy about because as soon as game day was announced, I'm pretty sure I let out a tweet, like, moments later saying how happy I was for, like, him and Big John. So I've been receiving receiving nothing but uh, hate and um, (laughs) aggression towards Patrick after this game. And, you know, I get it. Uh, You know, game day for the Ducks. I'm sure there was a lot of that back when they had their first one, you know, 10 years ago. Um, I so, love the small shots. And, you know, how many people are outside of game day? Like two hundred people. Oh, for uh, the Ducks. Yeah. Well, uh, probably twelve hours before game day started. Yeah, about two hundred people, and then that slowly grew uh, to about like two thousand, four thousand, five thousand strong. Oh wow! Yeah, we were at like twenty thousand. That's an extra zero. Not a lot to do up there in Pullman. <sighs> That's the truth. We left the bars and then just camped out on the <laughs> on the lawn, and we we're like game day, and they were like six hours from now. <laughs> the Coug apparently closed at two a.m. because there's a rule that it has to be closed for two hours. State of Washington law. <laughs> and then woke, and then re. I said woke up, opened again at four a.m. in the morning. It was pretty amazing. It's pretty magical. How much money do you think they made that that night? Cougs is a small place. You can only get so many people in there. They did well. 
I mean, between Dad's weekend and an, if an Apple Cup is in, most bars make enough money to pay the rest of the year. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. The Kook's small though. Um, it's not a big place. Dive-y. So when you when you get in and you got a table, you're there for like six hours. <laughs> Divey for sure, dude. They draw on the walls. Oh yeah, the, the favorite the, bar. The, the bathroom doesn't have a door on the stall. You ever you ever had to go number two and everyone can watch you? No, because like I choose when, not to do that. Like when I you can. gotta go so bad that you go into the coog and you're like, and people walk in, they're like, "Hey, man, come on, you know you can't do this here." And it's like, "Sorry, dude, like you're the one looking at me, man." <laughs> <laughs> now we had that our our favorite bar at Syracuse was called Chuck's, and drew on the wall, wrote on the wall, was covered like that. It was super divey, but it was our place, and then they tore it down. Coog is one of the top to five build. Coog's one of the top five oldest apartments. taverns in the state of Washington. I was very upset. When they close down Chucks to build apartments. Yeah, the Cougar ain't closing nowhere, baby. Go Cougs. My fantasy football league is called Chucks Fantasy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't play fantasy football. Good times. Yes, you do. Stop playing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway, NLCS, before we run out of all the time in this segment. Yeah, sure. So the LCS goes in the National League goes to seven games, and uh, it was an entertaining series. I, w- I think if you look at the scores, it was one of those classic – very, very intense at-bats. Like, every at-bat meant something. But I think once we got to about game five, game six, I think, to me, it kind of was clear that the Dodgers were better. I think I think the Brewers kind of just ran out of steam a little bit. But they won game six. Big, too. Right, right, right. But I still, going into seven, I wasn't like, the Brewers got this. Their momentum's in their way. I, I, I kind of felt like that. Did you? Yeah. When they went down three games to, to two, I went, oh, it's over. Yeah. And when the Dodgers went up in game six early, I went, oh, it's definitely over. Mm-hmm. And the Brewers just shut me up, and they just scored seven unanswered runs, and it was just like, oh, okay, the Brewers got this. And then in game seven, I, I was like, I think the Brewers are going to win this series. Did not come to fruition. Yeah, I was watching in the tailgate lot after the Cougs destroyed the Ducks, and uh, there was a TV there, and uh, I could watch game seven, and once Yasiel hit that home run, I was like, and I think this is over. Well, yeah, especially after that one. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Great series, though. Uh, a lot of close games. You had the one extra innings game. Do you think Do you think the Brewers hold on to this next year? Yeah. You think they keep this going? Well, do you gonna, think do you think the Cubs and the Cardinals and the Pirates are going? Oh God, we got to deal with these guys again. I do because think about we, what the we Brewers, saw the Royals basically disband after a couple of years, though. Fair, but they weren't that great the next year. Made back to back World Series. No, the year after they won. Right, but the Brewers just made it to the NLCS and were not that good last year. So it's only year one for them. True. They added Kane. They added added Yelich. They made some good midseason trades this year. I think what this shows is their lineup is here to stay. They need to find some pitching. Yeah. Desperately. God, that bullpen is so great. But the starters are not. No. And Chassin was decent. And that was surprising. But you need Chase Anderson to pitch well. You need yeah. you need to sign somebody. Yeah. Although it shouldn't be so hard to sign somebody now after you've proven that you're pretty good. So either way, um, I think they'll be here at least for a little while. It's tough when you're in a not that Milwaukee's small, but a smaller market team like that to stay like that for so long, unless you have a really good farm system, which I'm not sure the Brewers do. So it's it's going to be a, we went out big and signed Kane and Yellow. She's got a couple of years here. They're, they're kind of following the Royals model. Yeah. They also traded for Moustakis. So they got two Royals on the team. Moustakis and Kane. I'd like to make a formal apology to Craig Council. 
you can manage. He can manage a game. Yep. I think he's really good. Hopefully in two years he says the same thing about Aaron Boone. Uh, highly doubtful. <laughs> um, highly doubtful. When you said that about Craig Pound. Pa- Craig Council originally, you probably would have said highly doubtful. Yeah, but I said that about Dave Roberts a couple years ago, and he's still hot garbage. Hot garbage. Back-to-back World Series. Payroll of $250 million, billion. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Do you know this is the first World Series with uh, the two highest payrolls in like 10 years? I did not know that. Yeah. I guess money buys you everything. No, clearly not, if that's actually true. You guys' payroll is cheap. You guys are cutting dollars. I know. You're trying to sign Machado and Harper, remember? No, I don't think we talked about s- this three years ago. I know. We're not going <laughs> to sign it, either now, which is the weird thing. Uh, I love this Brewers team. Uh, I root for this Brewers team. Uh, I think I think their offense is great. I think they have, like, the perfect amount. Like, how is uh, Arcia, how is he not Alcides Escobar? You know what I mean? And how yeah. is how how is Lorenzo Cain in center field not Lorenzo Cain in center field? And Moose at third base, not Moose at third base. Is Ryan Braun not Alex Gordon? Yeah. Yeah. You know, they don't have a Sal Perez, but not everybody gets a Sal Perez. Uh, Eric Kratz, excuse me. <laughs> Stop. Uh, but I really like this team. Yeah, and I think they need a starter. And and I would even go as far as saying, you know, maybe trade it trade one of those bullpen arms. And uh, your entire farm system, and go get Jacob Degrom. Could you imagine what Josh Hader could get him? Do you think Hader can keep this going for more than a couple of years? No, he's Andrew Miller to me for sure. So, well, tra- he's Andrew Miller with only one pitch. Like Miller throws a slider, at least. So trade uh, him now for the high Hader value. throws a fastball. Like people are going to start hitting fastballs eventually. Like Chapman, we've seen Chapman be exposed. There's only so long a a good windup will get you because mm-hmm. he, he's all sorts of all over the place and he just he kind of I can't imagine what it's like to hit against him because how do you know where the ball is coming from right because he just does so many movements Andrew Miller is a great example because he's lanky like him right just big long dude that's like, why can you imagine as his as his arm goes back to throw like how wide is his wingspan I know and you're looking at his arm and then you have to follow it all the way out yeah. for the pitch that's why I compared him to Andrew Miller but like, I think of a guy like Byunyan Kim who was great mm-hmm. and then stopped being great because someone found out how to read his arm angle. Yep. Uh, we've seen that with side armors or submarine pitchers all the time who, by the way, if you've noticed, gone. Don't exist. Um, that's because they pitch slow when yeah. they're coming from those angles or slower. You can run on them. But, uh, but eventually it's going to end for him. I would trade him. I mean, they won't. But I would if I were them and try to get the best pitcher you could, starter. Yeah, I mean, imagine... Or like baseball's you, going all bullpen, and then they can just keep stockpiling. No, 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 no. You still need a starter. Go get DeGrom. Can you imagine Milwaukee with DeGrom? Mm. They'd be in the World Series. They would. They'd probably be tied at least 1-1. Probably. If not up 2-0. Yeah. Well, no, they would have lost tonight. Why? Because David Price is good? <laughs> God, I hate David Price. Because <laughs> <laughs> he pitched well enough. But I mean, but I, think that's, but I think that's the thing. I think Milwaukee, I think I'm with you. I think this Milwaukee team is here to stay. And to be honest, I wonder if the Dodgers don't win this year, they might be done. This might be their window. I don't know what their salary cap contract situation is like. They're not going to keep Machado. That's for sure. No, no. Um, They might go get Bryce. They could. I don't think the Dodgers are done. If you have the money they have, you'll always be relevant. You might not get back to the World Series for a couple of years Mm -hmm. or, or many years, but you might be relevant. And I uh, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll stick around. 
be something interesting to watch. We'll get to at the end of the season and probably preview for next year as well. Uh, when we come back, uh, what do we do? Story time with Uncle Patrick, World Series edition. I've got uh, I've got a story that everybody really knows, and it does involve a team that is in the World Series right now. But, but there's something I want to just kind of drive in that I think a lot of people, when they think of the history of baseball, uh, kind of forget. And we'll do that next. This is the Hot Corner on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. It's time to take a trip down memory lane. This is Storytime with Uncle Patrick, a look back on some of the most unusual events around America's pastime. In the bottom of the 10th, when Bill Mazeroski slammed the four-bagger to end the game and the series with victory for the Pirates. Beat Revenge, a Cinderella story of baseball, and the hometown fans went berserk with joy. And forgotten stories from the major leagues. And that's the story of Mike Matheny and the bird pool. Gather round, folks. It's story time with Uncle Patrick on 1080 The Fan. Ah, it's World Series edition of story time here with Uncle Patrick. For uh, the reason I am Uncle Patrick is because I'm everything that is a dad. I have terrible jokes. My knees hurt. I got love handles. I'm curmudgeon. I mean, for crying out loud, I love baseball. And you do weird things in the basement that the rest of the relatives are concerned about. Yep, but since I don't have kids, I just become that weird Uncle Patrick who's got lots of crazy stories. Doesn't wear underwear underneath his robe. Oh, no, I mean, I don't wear under- underwear underneath my pants. Do you guys ever have a dad Ow. that walked around with a, a shirt and no underwear? Nope. <laughs> yeah, my old no. man did. I, uh, we my, had to, when we got older, we had to convince him that he had to put draws on, and so he'd he'd, he'd wear tidy whities and a t-shirt and cook bacon, and then he'd like burn his legs. And we were like, "Dad, put pants on." He was like, eh, "I'm fine." How short was it? Was his oven, and, or was your dad a giant? <laughs> uh, my dad was five. My dad was five eleven, six foot. So yeah, how small was this stove top then? I don't know. The rest of us <laughs> were short. His legs. Well, no, because bacon grease would like pop. You know. Just thinking of like. A stovetop ah! that goes right above his knees there, just like at mid-thigh. Like like I said, he's just a giant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically. You got to just gotta clench your fist real tight and make sure it's popping out and you just bam. That's a good one. I hadn't heard that one in a while. That's ah! what I was trying to get you to play with my. Yeah, yeah, you my got pop it. pop and I did a motion with my hand and other fist. You can imagine. <laughs> 22 Jump Street, you got to break through the ceiling. Break through the ceiling. Just break through it. Well, for a moment there, I had a fond memory of my father, and you two have ruined that, so thank you. Uh, but what I'd like to talk about tonight... You're welcome. What I'd like to bite, talk about tonight is is a very classic, a very, very, very classic World Series moment okay. that most all of us know. But there is something very important that I want to share that a lot of us forget. Can I take a guess? Sure. Is it Kirk Gibson? No. No, mm. that would be silly because that's pretty straightforward. Oh, guys hurt, steps up, hits a home run, they sweep the A's. Okay, bye. You said team in the in the World Series. I was like, yeah, yep, that's wrong what, team. That's what my guess was. Uh, I'd like to talk about Game Six of the 1975 World Series, featuring the Boston Red Sox and the Cincinnati Big Red Machine Reds. <laughs> Who mm. can forget? Who can forget? I mean, I remember it like it was never born. Um. <laughs> That's the same for all of us. Yeah, some very interesting thing. This game went 12 innings. Um, there was some crazy, crazy stuff. So it's not just what we'll get to at the end, but uh, there was a pinch hitter, 
A Red Sox pinch hitter, Bernie Carbo, hit a game-tying home run in the eighth. Okay. Reds reliever Will McKierney pitches out of a bases-loaded, no-out jam in the bottom of the ninth. And then Boston's Dwight Evans makes a spectacular 11th inning catch to rob Joe Morgan of a go-ahead home run Okay. in the 11th. But it's mostly remembered by a man named Carlton Fisk, who in the bottom of the 11th hits a home run to deep left field right next to the big monster, the, 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 the green monster there. And he, as he's sliding down first base, gives the old wave, like, don't go foul, don't go foul. It's a home run. He puts his hands in the air, and he runs around, claps his hands, runs around. The entire city of Boston goes wild. Everyone's crazy. The Red Sox, oh, my God. They got beaten game seven. Yes. The moral of this story is. I'm going to go watch the highlight of that again, by the way. They got beaten game seven. So what's the final score of that game seven? I'm curious. Four to three. Oh, even more heartbreaking. Yeah, which continued to, uh, you know, keep the Red Sox uh, mojo going. But it's the one thing. I think it's just one of those moments. Like, it's another thing. Like, Mike, you mentioned Kirk Gibson, and I'm not going to talk about Kirk Gibson because it's really just a play in a really bad World Series. But people don't realize the Dodgers swept that series. Yeah. You know, you see that home run in a very tight game with Eckersley on the mound. Right, you and, think it's like a game six or something. Yeah, like and you and you just think like, oh, this, this series is, you know, the A's were in their dominant form. The A's won the World Series the next year. And you think it's, you know, oh, these California teams battling it out and Kirk Gibson does these heroics. No, that was game one. And then they kind of rolled two, three, and four, and the series wasn't that good. I never even knew that. Yeah, it just had a great moment. And I think this, you know, the Red Sox there in Fenway, and, you know, as much as I despise the Red Sox, um, Fenway is a hollow ground. The Red Sox are a historical team. And as this curmudgeon old man, I do like giving homage to that. But I think a lot of people... Like, the average fan that kind of, especially because we're so far removed away from 2004 and the, the break of the curse and all that kind of stuff, I think people would watch that highlight and think to themselves, oh, the Red Sox must have won the World Series. Is that a walk-off home run? And yeah. it's like, no, it's not. It's a walk-off for the game, but it's not a walk-off isn't World that, Series. Isn't that interesting? And that's kind of to Joe's point, that all of the iconic home runs that we see I think naturally you think they mean something huge Mm -hmm. for a World Series. Yeah. I mean, not to try to bring the Yankees back into it, but Bucky Dent's home run, right? Right. That was a one-game playoff. But the the fact that that was a one-game playoff to get into the playoffs, that wasn't a World Series. That wasn't an ALCS. It was a one-game playoff. Right. The fact that Kirk Gibson's home run was game one. Mm -hmm. The fact that this... The Carlton Fist, the Red Sox didn't win that World Series. Let's take Bill Mazeroski. That didn't win a World Series. Nope. Just got him to the World Series. Well, let's even think, like, if the Kirk Gibson home run happens and then they lose the next four, that's not even a – is that even a big World Series moment? Well, I think well, it, yes, it I is. Think it is but, I think it is. But because my Kirk point, was hurt and all that jazz. He wasn't supposed gotcha. to play, and he came in and he hit it. He was to the my, MVP in 88, just saying. To my point, you would still remember that over a 4-1 A's win. Yep. You would remember the Kirk Gibson home run. And I think that's really fascinating. All the big hits, we we instantly say must have won a World Series. Yep. But there's only so many that do that. This is the, the and this. Well, there's actually like two that have done that. This was the second World Series. I believe it's, oh, no, I believe it's the third World Series that the Reds had won in the 70s. 
Big Red Machine, right? The Big Red Machine. I think they won in 70. 73. 75 and 76. And then Yankees in 77. So that's four in the 70s? Yeah, I think they got four in the 70s. So the Big Red Machine. My memory of World Series winners ends at like 90. So I, I have trouble beyond that. I think I get to, I don't know who won 87. After the Mets? No, is the 87 Mets? Well, you said 86 Mets, right? Wasn't that the World Series they won? 86 Mets. Yeah, I don't know who won 87. Yeah. But I know 88 through. And then 85 is the... Uh, 86 is the Mets? 85 is the Royals? No, 85 is the Tigers. 84 is the Royals. 83, no idea. Weren't the Pirates in there once? Sure, why not? Uh, did you know that this World Series in 1975 was also the 11th consecutive World Series that did not feature your New York Yankees? Makes sense. Which was a big deal at the time. Yeah. Because the 70s was dominated dominated by the Reds and the A's. Yeah. Reds, A's, and Orioles. I think those were the three teams to beat in the late 60s through the 70s, and it wasn't until Reggie in 77. Right? Reggie's 77? Yep. Yep, yep. And that's when you guys showed up and then disappeared again for another 20 years. Until 1996. <laughs> yep. Anyway, that's story time with Uncle Patrick. Hopefully this World Series is still chugging along and we'll get Game 7 next Wednesday and I'll throw, eh, I might just throw another World Series Game 7. Who knows? What are crazy things that have happened in Game 7 of World Series? Who knows? You'll have to tune in next week at 845. Uh, when we come back, we'll, uh, let's get into this World Series. It's about dang time. This is the Hot Corner, 1080 The Fan. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.